Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Hello, Oil Country. We are live. It is I, Dennis Lee, and I have Avery. We are going to be bringing you tonight's game over Edmonton. A very disappointing loss. Once again, how many times do we have to say it? We're now 500 on the season. Avery, I'm, I'm glad you are able to find some joy tonight because, uh, boy, I was looking at that game all night and I could not bear myself to watch. If I didn't have to do this show, I would have changed the channel. There was so much content tonight, I would have done something else. What do you think? Uh, this was a game in which you could not have so many guys. So quote Sam Mitchell after the broadcast when he was the head coach of the Raptors. We had guys got zero, 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 zero. Like that could not happen in a road trip. And when you're trying to keep pace with the rest of the division, you're trying to keep pace with Seattle, with LA, with Vegas. And you put this up, and now you're at 500, and sitting on the outside of a playoff chase at American Thanksgiving, not good. Not good at all, Dennis. Not only sitting outside, we were overtaken by Calgary tonight. Oh, it keeps piling up. Uh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt real quick. I'm just going to do a little... <laughs> oh... For, for the audio listeners, if you didn't catch that, I just took a, a nice little shot here. And just like that, we've already had more shots in the beginning of this podcast than the Oilers did tonight to start. So let's go right over to our friends and sponsor for tonight's broadcast, Sports Interaction. Think you know which way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's World Cup, hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet Pre-game, live, in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. All right, Avery, let's let's talk about the biggest part of this game. And his name was Ilya Sorokin sitting at the other side of the crease. Uh, you know, when when you have a 50-game performance, I think you deserve, or a 50-save performance, I think you deserve a shutout. Um, as awful as that is for the Oilers' offense, uh, Ilya Sorokin just played lights out. And we were talking earlier, this is, this is the worst way this road trip could have gone, because now... You have a world beater in in uh, Shesterkin for the Rangers coming up. Uh, what was your thoughts about the goaltending, and not just about this game, but like for the entirety of the road trip coming? Oof! Well, I would just say now that yeah, you're you're in trouble right now. It's be the Oilers. Like if you can't find a way to beat either one of these goaltenders in New York here, I mean you, you couldn't beat Zorokin had a great game though. No, I agree, Dennis. Fifty saves, you deserve that win. He turned everything aside from. Every single Edmonton guy from lines one through four, the D-man, so he deserved that. And Edmonton, I'll, I'll say this much, is the one shining light, the one bit. At least, they're, at least we're getting shots on net. At the same time, though, you got to finish. you got to convert your chances. Edmonton had plenty. And the power play, they had the chance on the power play, and it went cold again. When the one thing you have that's been consistent this year doesn't work, like, what's plan B? What's plan C? We didn't see it up. We didn't see Plan B or Plan C uh, activate for the Oilers again. 
Shocker. Is there a plan B? Is there a plan C? Is this something <laughs> that Woody and Manson can fix? Or is this something that needs to go upstairs? Um, we know the condition of this team right now. It is hurting after the uh, Evander Kane injury. It is hurting from missing out on Yamo. And right now, there's no room. We can't make a trade. We can't make a signing. Because once Kane comes back, you know we won't have money and we're going to have to do one of these dump type of trades. And that's just assets out for nothing. Uh, looking at uh, chat here, we got Zach. Thank you so much for being here, man. Uh, yes. Shaden, thank you, thank you. Carl, hey, Swedish Islanders fan Carl Valfredson. I hope I got that name right. Uh, yeah, Ilya absolutely activated God Mode tonight. Kato, welcome, welcome, John. Uh, if you guys like the broadcast, give it a like. If you're listening to it on uh, Spotify, Apple, give us a rating there as well. It really helps us out. Uh, right now, we are looking at 500, 10 and 10. Um, no one wanted it to go this way. I mean, oh. Leon gave gave an interview <laughs> over the week. And I'm glad to see that the team is in spirit, in good spirits, but boy, Dreisaitl did not look like himself tonight. There was one atrocious shift that I think everyone got to see. Uh, just a little bit too much stick handling and the puck flies off his stick and out of the, out of the offensive zone. Uh, rushing back, he caught up, but at the same time giving it away right afterwards for another chance. Dreisaitl is just fighting the puck tonight i don't want to pin it on uh, germany's loss in the world cup but what did you think about leon tricital's performance tonight no, no you know tonight leon did not have a good night at all this was probably one of his worst games i would say in a very long time in Orlando's uniform and a great point that you mentioned he was playing the puck too much over sick handling and when you see when you see a guy like that when you see one of your leaders having a tough night you it's on everybody else to step up and carry the slack for a little bit. That's the problem is that when Dry Saddle McDavid don't have a good game, okay, where's everybody else? I mean, wh where is Hyman? Where is um yeah, where's um other guys down the line? You know, Nuge. Ryan, Nuge, Derek Ryan, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Your depth guys. Like you need your secondary guys to step up more when McDavid and Dry aren't having a good night. That's how elite teams win. That's how the Colorados win, the Tampas win, the Vegas is. The Golden Knights have a deep, deep core. Like, you can't just fold up shop if 29 and 97 are having an off night. You can't win that way. Honestly, McDavid didn't have a bad night. There were some flybys into the offensive zone that looked amazing. Connor McDavid looked like Connor McDavid, but he's playing right now with. Jesse Pugliarvi, who's been struggling a little bit. He's playing with Warren Fogel. Just not not the type of company that you're really hoping for. Uh, Matthias Janmark in the last game. These mm. are guys that are just not typical top six guys. And the I'm having war flashbacks of this horrific time in Oilers lore when, I don't know, I'd, thou shalt not be named because I don't want to get a suspicious phone call. Uh, if only X player had scored 10 goals, you know, we'd probably be in the playoffs. This is, this is still the issue. The Oilers have no depth on offense. The Oilers have right now what seems like a struggling defensive core. We were having a fun time in... Uh, 
our private SDPN chat here that uh, the Oilers have no defense. <laughs> They've been burned to a crisp. They don't exist anymore. There's just something about this team where we thought going into this season that we had a solid defensive core. Yes, we lost Duncan Keith. Eh, it's fine. Duncan Keith has a, a the legs of a 60-year-old man, even though he's conditioned to be the strength of a 20-year-old man. Honestly, I have a little bit too much flabber, let's say, maybe maybe <laughs> along the lines of uh, an Adam Wilde type of physique. So I'm not one to say anything about that, but having Duncan Keith gone from this blue line has severely hampered it. And there have been just flubs and flubs from this D-line. I mean, Kulak today, again, just stumbled and fell. No one's around him, and he just coughs up the puck. I have no idea what's happening to this decor. And what did you think about the play of Evan Bouchard tonight? Oh, my gosh. I'm I'm a huge Evan Bouchard for the fact I I love the guy. I think he's going to eventually be this franchise's top-pairing guy for a very long time to come. But this was a game in which he looked lost. He straight-up looked lost in his own end of the ice. You saw turnovers. You saw him not picking up guys. Um, on Islander goals, it looked like he was a rookie all over again in, in the sense of he didn't look prepared, he didn't look ready, he didn't come out of the gate prepared for this game, and that can't happen. Of course, the, of course, there will be games where you know you have an off night, but certain nights you you can't have multiple mistakes like that. And he had multiple mistakes in his own end of the ice, and that's a very concerning thing for this team. Yeah, some stranger in chat saying our decor has zero confidence. If it's possible to have negative confidence, I think that's where they're at right now. I mean, with the exception of Tyson Berry, because it seems like that man is confidence personified. He, I don't know if you saw the uh, little video with Zach Hyman no, at the NHL headquarters giving Barry a call. Man, like Barry just seems like he has not a care in the world. But he was atrocious tonight as well. Uh, Kato in chat mentioning, yeah, Barry, I mean, he might have single-handedly lost this game for the team. That first goal was so deflating. And it came shorthanded. I mean, Pajot is yeah. a great player. Don't get me wrong. Do you remember when uh, Pajot, Pajot was heading out of Ottawa? And I was thinking, how? How can we make this happen? Pajot to Edmonton. How could this happen? <laughs> yeah. It, we just have horrible nights against teams that we have to be competitive about. We got up against Vegas, but the Islanders are a team that the Oilers should be able to at least actively compete against, and it just was pathetic tonight. What did you think about the play in terms of the Islanders' side? Because we were looking at a team that, coming off of a win against Toronto, another big Canadian team, they just happen to be stuffing people. And their new arena looks great. What did you think about the Islanders' play tonight? No, the Islanders, that was a that was an amazing game against one a team that is supposed to be one of the better teams in the in the Western Conference. You know, we know the Islanders have been, have been fighting back to try and get back into relevance in the NHL standings. You know what, for a team... That's fighting for a spec to get, you know, they're, they're only a few points behind New Jersey right now. That was a big win for the Islanders right now. It was a massive win for them after last year's um, perfect start to the season. New York is a team right now. I'm thinking, Dennis, you know, you got to watch out for them come late in the season. They could be a team that could think about some people in a postseason series, I feel. They might be a team that could have a deep run in the Eastern Conference, possibly, I feel, Dennis. So that was a big win for them to keep pace with New Jersey in the Metropolitan. 
I mean, Jersey is another interesting story. They got their streak snapped tonight. Some might say there was something going on there, but you know what? Let's focus on this New York team. Honestly, <laughs> the Islanders were not the better team. I mean, when you're looking at the second and third periods, they mm-hmm. were not the better team, but they found ways to finish. And it happened in all states of play. The shorthanded play, the power play, and 5v5. So what can we do to get to the New York Islanders? Is it only because is it only a, a trade that can fix this? Do you think this is a systems-based thing? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I this is your bid to become the next head coach. <laughs> I'm just trying to think right now. It has to be systems to an extent because uh, I I can't I can't see a trade happening right now. I cannot see a trade because the problem is, is that who are you going to deal? And what are you going to get back? You can't trade anybody right now for picks or future considerations. You need to tra- if you're going to make a trade for somebody, you need a, a warm body coming back that can help you right now. So it feels like it's a system issue, which is unfortunate because last year we saw it working out just fine. We saw zone entries being stopped consistently. We saw the 11 forward 7 D-man system working. I, like, I don't know what's going on there. It has to be a system issue where something has been lost in translation because last year it worked wonderfully with Woodcroft in the postseason and late in that year. Honestly, uh, Zach has mentioned in the chat, hashtag fire Ken Holland is trending. Uh, Avery, you are one of the busiest men in hockey. Uh, you looking for another position though, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny that I've, I've legitimately, Dennis, I'm not lying, been asked by Oleg fans multiple times, would you apply to be Oleg's new GM? I'm dead serious. Make I'm not kidding. <laughs> I mean, people... <laughs> You're you're well liked in the room. I feel like <laughs> at least in our organization, you just seem like you're connected with everyone. So, hey, you know, pick up the phone. Maybe you want to call Lou Lamarillo and say, "Hi, you got some players that you know maybe want to trade out." I, I got a lightly used Tyson Berry. <laughs> I don't know if uh, I don't know if there's. Is it time to look at a new GM? I I don't know. Honestly, it is. 20 games into the season. This is American Thanksgivings tomorrow. And if you're an American, uh, happy pre-Thanksgivings. Yes. <laughs> Hope you have a good one tomorrow. Don't burn down your house. Please practice safety while you're cooking your turkeys. But yeah, like this, this is a 20-game stretch. People always say teams that are in the playoff line during American Thanksgivings are teams that will make it to the end, to the playoffs. Uh, we can't wait until Evander Kane comes back. We Time is ticking. So what do you think? If we could have one player, just don't worry about the logistics of it. If we had to make a trade, a reasonable one, and we could have one player that's been maybe a UFA, someone who's going to be a little bit of a rental, who would it be? There's a lot of names that have been floating around. Patrick Kane? Evander, you know- Jonathan Taves? I would say, you know what, if it, if it made sense, if there was a way to get him into Edmonton, I would say Jacob Chikrin. That is a guy I want on my radar. That is a guy I want for a very long time. And there's always been talk of Ken Holland doesn't want to trade away prospects or picks. It's like, Matt, do you want to win today or not? It's like, do you want to, like, you are in, you're in a McDavid, you're not in a dry sidle. The window to win is right now. Oh, I, oh, you know what? Sure. It may hurt for a little bit. 
in your other GM to deal away Broberg, other guys like that. But if you want to win now, you got to make a sacrifice. You've got to sacrifice right now if you do want to win. You can't be continuously talking about the future five years from now, five years from now. You, if you're always thinking, if you're always thinking five years from now, you will never get there. Absolutely, yeah. And I think you're you're looking at Jacob Chitrin. I think that's a great call. But I've heard so far that Jacob Chitrin's you're looking at two firsts and a first round pick level prospect. So that would be something like a Broberg. Uh, honestly, Broberg isn't doing us much good right now he's sitting in the ahl it seems like <laughs> nima linen and murray have taken the precedence over him so if you're in this win now window you gotta go for it i think actually we need more help on the front line though i'm thinking you know mcdavid dry we've seen nugent hopkins has taken a little bit of a regression in terms of his offensive form. He's not going to be the third-line play driver. I think McLeod, valiant as he was stepping up last season, it's not quite working out for him this season. Maybe that third-line center, which is a position that we always seem to talk about, <laughs> is what we need. And there's two options that I can see. I mean, I don't know how you would make the money work. It would have to mm. require a little bit of resources. But... Jonathan Taves, that's an option. He's a little bit more defensively minded than maybe McLeod since he is a relatively young player. But he's shown this season especially that he can still do it. He can still light up the lamp and put up points. 12 points so far in uh, 18 games played. And the other name, and my friends over on uh, the Vancouver broadcast might hate me for this, (laughs) Bo Horvat. What do you think about the, that prospect trading inside the Pacific Division? Do you, you think know that could happen? You know, I think it's more from will, will Vancouver do on their end. But you know what? Hey, if if you can do it, if you can find a way to make it work, if you can convince you know Ken and Patrick Levine to make it work, do it. He make both over and Edmonton makes his team that much better. He is a great addition to your forward core if there is a way to find him or bring him in. And you mentioned Jonathan Taves as well too. I see Zach in the chat mentioned how. Taves wouldn't mention it, wouldn't um, drop his no movement clause for a non-playoff team. So you have to win a few games first before that becomes a real thing. But True. either guy in this roster makes this team that much better. They are both guys that should be. If you're a, if you're a good GM, they should be on your radar to bring in for a trade some way somehow. Honestly, uh, I think. <laughs> Eric Tanner put it very, very succinctly. Uh, trading Tyson Berry away would be our big deadline addition. <laughs> addition by subtraction. Honestly, oh we, we rag on the guy a lot, but man, his legs looked so slow tonight, especially on that first shorthanded against. No, he did. And the problem is, you know, like Tyson Berry, you know, God bless the man. I like the guy. Super nice guy to me in the locker room. An amazing dude. But it's like watching him get caught once again. Like caught, like caught, you know, watching him catch him to the play again. He's caught flat foot again. It's like, ah, uh, again. Caught flat foot again. Catch him to the play. It's like, that can't keep happening for another season of full play. It can't keep happening. Well, if we keep his contract a, a couple more years beyond that. So let's, let's just <laughs> say it. We need to trade Tyson Berry eventually. But... The so-called prodigal son, or some might say prodigal dad, Evan Bouchard, (laughs) isn't quite up there. So we are caught in this weird catch-22. Do we trade away Tyson Berry, who 
yes, is a little bit slow, but at least is a great guy in the room and seems to be able to have at least uh, the player's confidence on the ice. Or Evan Bouchard, who got a good amount of power play time on PP1 tonight and couldn't make it work. I mean, it's partially practiced. You have to think that Bouchard isn't regularly practicing with PP1, and that's why it might take a little bit more time for them to gel. But I don't know if Woodcroft is going to allow them that trial time because we can't keep doing this in games and getting burned for it. Uh, there were about two, two, three uh, chances in the power play where I Bouchard just, just killed it, whether it was a, a shot right into a shin pad or mm. something that went right into Sorokin and he froze it immediately. There wasn't a lot going for him tonight. And this is something that young players struggle with, right? We see young players come into the league and they just aren't able to produce at the level that they think. Speaking of another young player, though, what did you think of Dylan Holloway? I thought he actually played pretty well tonight. Obviously, nothing on the score sheet for anyone, but Dylan Holloway, I think, played perhaps one of his better games in a long time. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. You know, I've been a, very much in a camp of let Holloway play, let him get some more time, let him get some more minutes, because over the past little while, he's been stapled to the bench for quite some time, and I've been pulling my hair out, like, let this kid feel the NHL, let this kid get some more minutes, and I thought it was a really good game for him. Even though he still might be destined to go back to Bakersfield, he made the most of his chances in this game here, which is a very encouraging sign, because to me, if he goes down to Bakersfield again, Dennis, he'll go down there for a bit, light it up, learn some more, and hopefully when he gets called back up again, he has more tools to improve and, and be more ready for NHL level again. So I was encouraged by his play tonight. You can tell You can tell he's, he's fighting he, to make his chances. He, you, can tell there is, you can tell he's learning more, he's improving more. So I was impressed with his play, even though he didn't score tonight. Yeah, and I think that's it, it goes to show, right? Leon Dreisaitl went down to the AHL for a little bit. Mm. He wasn't like a Connor McDavid. He wasn't like a Ryan Nugent Hopkins, which, I mean, for, for Ryan Nugent Hopkins' case, bless the man's heart. <laughs> he, he had to play against Ryan Getzlaff. <laughs> he had to play against guys that were adult men as an 18-year-old. Bless that man's heart. Keep Nuge forever. But when it comes down to it, yeah, sometimes players benefit just, just from going down for a little bit. Just yeah. from playing, getting that confidence 20 minutes a night. Uh, in the meantime, Brad Malone can fill in. I don't think he did that bad. Uh, Clem Costin is proving that he's he's absolutely able. And we're hopefully, hopefully getting Tyler Benson back soon. Never thought I'd say that those words. But hey, these are guys that can fill in this role. Don't squander Holloway with eight minutes a night, six minutes a night. Or trade him. I mean, as as much as I hate to say it, Dylan Hall is a great guy and he's going light to light it up, but we need help now. And if someone wants Dylan Holloway in exchange for an impact player who's going to make either our offense or defense a lot more sound, then do it. Do it, Ken Holland. Pull the trigger. And if you get immediately fired a la Chirelli, like, hey, at least you go out with a bang, right? Sign <laughs> sign someone for a four-year extension right now. Just do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What did you think in, in terms of, like, mm. Avery, you're in the room, yes. at least during the home games. We aren't. So when the players are in there after a loss, I mean, it sucks. We know that it sucks. But 
during the post-game pressers, we can hear there's still music going on. How, who are the leaders in this room? Who's the ones that are, that are going up to other guys, going up to young Dylan Holloway and saying, hey, it's okay, don't worry about it. From what I see, it really is guys like um, McDavid, Dreisaitl, when he was healthy, you saw Kane doing, doing a bit of that. And this is a team in which uh, Tyson Berry does a, Berry does it quite a bit. Like yeah, like those are the main guys who really are encouraging young guys. And a great a great example was um, Leon Drysdale at practice, working with Jesse Puliarvi on his um, one timers. Like uh, Leon Drysdale is a guy who I he I mean Leon's still young. Let me get it twisted. Leon is still young himself. He's younger, younger than, than us. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a young man himself. But I like seeing Leon working with younger guys encouraging them in the room encouraging them after practice like he is someone who has taken on a fatherly figure in that room so he is someone who he tells his guys hey you know what just one game at a time we'll get we'll get it back like he is the kind of guy who i like seeing going around the room and encouraging these guys he knows that you know you know yes there's gonna be speed bumps there's gonna be bumps in the road but he knows that this team will figure it out also to another guy i'm randy hopkins another guy who you know has been a mentor to a lot of these young guys and it's funny he's saying mentor because he's 29, he's my age. Like, but he's been here forever. We remember when he was drafted, standing on that podium. Yeah. But he doesn't age. So maybe he's 29, maybe he's still 18, 19. We never know. <laughs> the man doesn't age. No. Um, we got some comments from Kato in chat. Hey, if they go after someone on the Canucks, it should be Shen. Cheap contract brings a mean, solid defensive game. What do you think about that? Luke Shen or Shen, someone someone like a I don't know, like a like a Goss despair maybe. Uh someone who's just they're very solid defensively, not going to do a whole lot for you in terms of moving the puck, but just sound and solid. Or do you go for the big splash like you mentioned with Jacob Chitrin? You know, if you if you can't get Chitrin, Luke Shen is not a bad Luke Shen is not he's not a, he's not a bad uh, plan B runner up pick. If this was 2018, 2017, when he looked like he was done, no. But the way his game has evolved and returned, then sure, why not? It depends what Vancouver would want, depends what you might have to give up to get Luke Shen. But right now, if he comes cheap, sure, why not? The way he's played right now, he looks he could help with this roster, help with Blue Line, certainly, Dennis. And boy, do we ever need <laughs> some help. I uh, wanted to shift base real quick, but before that, uh, I see, thank you so much for being in the chat, guys, but there's only 11 likes. If you guys could pump those numbers up, it really helps us spread word of the podcast. Uh, if you guys have any friends that are interested in the Oilers, give us a share. Even if they're interested in the Islanders, send them down. We'll, we'll eat that. We'll eat that sort of uh, animosity right now. It's okay. We're in a low place. Keep kicking. It's okay. <laughs> Like like I say, like like I always say, Dennis, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your frenemies. <laughs> I I hope that my friends are watching this podcast because they rarely get to see me depressed. And boy, I'm hoping that they get to see this because I don't bring this energy very often. I'm trying to show them like, hey, even when things are bad, even when things are down, keep it up, keep up a good mentality, truck on through it. Speaking of trucking Absolutely. on through it, we, we are coming up at the end of the show, but I wanted to give a little bit of time because today was the day that Canada played Belgium for the first game in the World Cup. Uh, what do you think about their performance? I know everyone in the group chat was really hyped and it was a good game, but what do you think about that performance from Team Canada? 
You know what? Even though Canada lost this game, I love the fact that Canada came out and pushed the pace early, took the game to Belgium. Like, that's what Canada needs. They are a younger team that's very quick, that can force issue on teams like Belgium. And, you know, I love that. That's what we're going to have to do against Croatia and against Morocco for the rest of these group stages. But it did, it did hurt to see that penalty and Alfonso Davies have the penalty save. You know, he's... It's because I, I love, love Alfonso, God bless him, but he's the not no, boy. Like it would have been, a, it would have been a great storyline if, if Alfonso, the Edmonton boy, scores a Canada's first ever goal in the, in the men's World Cup. But it's like Alfonso, like he's not a known penalty kick taker. He's not known for that. It's more Jonathan David. So I would have rather David taken that. But man, if they scored that opening goal. The place would have gone nuts. It would have been a hugely different game. If Canada went up 1-0 in the mm-hmm. first 10 minutes, oh, it was a heartbreaking loss. I think everyone in the group chat was constantly on the edge of their seat, if not standing for the whole time. <laughs> you very vividly, I, I and I quote, if, I can't remember who you mentioned, if someone scores, I will jump out of the window. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Timo Hutchinson, I said that too. The captain, Hutchinson. the 39-year-old captain, if he scored. <laughs> if if it had happened, would you have done it? We'll never know. Canada didn't score, but let's hope they they get it back next time. I don't know if you're going to be willing to take that bet on uh, for the next game. But, hey, that's it for us tonight. Uh, as is tradition, when I'm hosting the show, <laughs> I always end it with a quick one thing. Just one point that you can mention without prejudice, without any repercussions. Just go for it. I know you need a little bit of time, so I'm going to go first. Go ahead. I think tonight, even though he got the L, Jack Campbell was a winner in my heart. Took one off the schnoz, has a little bit of a cut, but boy, I think he played with the heart of a champion tonight. And it, it sucks that the guy on the other end was better than him. But please, stop hating on Campbell. Jack Campbell is trying his hardest. And it's it, it's not like he wanted to get hit in the nose. But it happened. It's not like he wanted to make as many saves as he could, but still lose. That's, that's all we can ask for. Jack Campbell tries his hardest. Stuart Skinner, he seems like he might have gotten his job. But hey, he's trucking along. He's keeping trying. And I hope... Only the best for the two of our goaltenders. And I, I hope, Oil Country, you do the same. <laughs> Don't rag on our two goalies. <laughs> Avery, your go. All right, my point. I will give I will give full props tonight to one Mr. Gene Principe of Sportsnet. Because, hey, fitting, well, for first of all, fitting a jersey over a dress shirt, a tight jersey, is not easy over your dress shirt. And then they go to your opening monologue, fill those puns, like, well done, Gene. Well done. Well done, sir. And not to mention, man, Gene's got some handle. He he juggled that ball for a surprisingly yeah, longer he played than I soccer. thought. He played soccer. He's a soccer man. He played soccer growing up. So, no, Gene's a good soccer player. So I, I don't know if I could do it <laughs> in a tiny booth. Even right? if it was an open field, I don't think I could do it. But in a tiny booth with, I was with a ball that... Yeah, like I'm, I'm surprised that he could do it. I don't know if he was wearing dress shoes either. Like, man's got talent, man's got skill, and in more ways than one. 
Alright guys, that's it for the end of the show tonight. Hey Robert, thank you so much for coming in. A whole lot of handsome on my screen right now. <laughs> thank you so much. It's all on the right side of the screen. I'm I'm just here. Ah, you're too kind of. <laughs> Avery, where can they find you? Alright, you can find all my work on Twitter at AVRY. And you can find me on Twitter at Dennis Lee Y-E-G. Alright, next game, Madison Square Garden. The Big Apple. It's a matinee, though. <laughs> it's November 26th, a Saturday matinee at 11 a.m. And Zach will be your host with that one. And he's got a guest. Thank you so much for watching tonight. Hope you guys join us for the next broadcast. And if we lose another matinee, please take good care of Zach. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs> Later. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.